Hey, yo, what's going on in your basement? Garage Logic Podcast number 61, yeah. December 11th, 2018. It was 14 below in 1972, but it was as warm as 56 in 1913. We're brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Stores. I've got a... Uh, got a glitch? Yeah, I lost my whole screen. What happened to oh. Next Gen? You don't have a sign on anymore, bro. You know, there's a... Really? Wait a minute. No way. There are more credible uh, podcasts to go to for football information, perhaps, than this one. Yep. But we all have our comments about last night's Vikings failure in Seattle. And my comment is, Cousins, the quarterback... Are you starting? Yeah. Are we, we've been rolling, Matt. <laughs> Just because you're ready doesn't well, mean the computer ready, is ready. It's ready. The quarterback, okay. the $84 million guaranteed quarterback, he looked like a taxi squad guy who was under emergency brought into play because the first two guys were down with broken legs. It looks like he okay. didn't know the plays. Uh, I had some tweets about uh, Mr. Cousins yesterday, and uh, I, I was a tad down on him going into that game only because when you sign a contract of that size, the expectation is much greater. And Great quarterbacks overcome mediocre offensive lines, and great quarterbacks overcome bad play calling. Kirk Cousins showed zero toughness. He showed zero awareness. He threw a pass behind himself (laughs) to his running back because he was so scared of getting hit. Wasn't there a game earlier this year when the the next day's uh, reports were saying things to the effect that this is why they got Kirk Cousins? What what game was it this year? Probably the the, the Packer Packers game on Sunday Packer night game. This, yep. at at US Bank, and he did yep. he played he very played well, well that day. Yep. But again, he was going up against a bad team. Yeah. But but the following day, the the uh, the gist of the conversation was this is why they went and got Kirk Cousins, and he will pad stats like nobody's business when it's against an average to below average team. Well, what's the stat? When he plays teams with a with an above five hundred record, he is four and twenty four. <laughs> wow! Well, how could they sign him knowing that? And again, they made the right move. They had to. They had to sign a quarterback. Why? He What's was wrong the, with Case Keenum? He was the be, He's better than Case Keenum. He just is. But Even after last night, yeah, I, I still Case th- Keenum wouldn't have stunk that bad. Of last the night. options that you had. For the Vikings, you had a you had the number thirty overall pick. You weren't going to get a franchise quarterback there. He was the best option available, but I I'm not going to change in the fact that he he is an average to below average. Seattle NFL was quarterback. begging to lose yes, that they game. Were. Yes, they and were. They were desperate to dude, lose that game. And it's a, the dude that was mic'd up said, "You ain't showed up. You ain't showed up." Yeah. He was right. Uh, that was uh, the linebacker, fifty-five, uh, whoever it was, Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner and. The problem is they did make the right move, and it still might not result in them winning a Super Bowl because I don't think they're going to win a Super Bowl with this guy as quarterback. It was it, the whole game was dreadful. It, it was really lethargic. was lethargic, and it's a shame because the defense played so well yesterday. Hmm. I uh, now they fired uh, De Filippo, huh? Yeah, yeah. This morning over the uh, over the past I don't know maybe 10, 12 years. I have been weaning myself off of the Vikings and watching a complete game. I would watch a nationally televised game, but last night I got sucked back in. I was it was a role reversal. Matthew was quiet, and I was, damn it! Why are you are you throwing a backwards right. pass? I couldn't even get worked up. I was I, I really felt frustrated. I called him a very uncharitable name when I saw him Ooh. throw a pass backwards. Yeah. There was a to uh, avoid getting a hit. Great, great one. 
great tweet, I think, from Mark Craig. Is that the start. voice of John Hyde in the news? Yeah, hi. hi uh, uh, Mark Craig. Who's the here. other guy that's occasionally on the show? I forget his name. That's Olson. Kit. Better call Saul. Carl? Carl Olson. Carl Kenny Olson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's uh, boy, he's just uh, under the under the gun at the he's, Krabby he's, Coffee yeah. Shop. He's off the grid yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Mark Craig last night posted in about the third quarter. Has there ever been a three to nothing blowout in NFL history? Because oh, that's what it felt he like. He nailed that. Yes. Oh, that's what it yes. felt like. Just unbelievable. Well, even when the, when Kendricks intercepted that pass right before halftime, yeah. it should have been seventeen to nothing at that point. And he yeah. thought Oh my God! They still have a chance to win this game. Yeah. And you think they'll win another game? I do. They're going to beat Miami at home. Miami's not very good. I think they'll beat Detroit on the road. Detroit's not very good. And depending upon how the Bears are for the last game of the year, it is at home. I could see them finding a way to beat the Bears if that game means nothing to Chicago. What will change here with Flip gone? Stefanski's taking over. Some thought that he actually might have was going to replace Shermer last offseason to become the offensive coordinator. He deserves a shot. He's been with the team forever, um, so he deserves a chance. Mm. But we, we are the land of some... <laughs> Remember how the, there was great hope when the Timberwolves took off for this Western swing? Yes. Uh, well, they haven't won yet. They no. lost in Portland. Last night, they lost to the great denier, uh, Stefan Curry, who uh, now is claiming that the moon landing was fake. You know, he's had a nice career going. He's a good player. He's headed for the Hall of Fame. Why would you make yourself look like such a dunce? I would just say, shush. <laughs> Are you aware of this story? Shush. Are you aware of this? I did not know that he yes. called for the, that said the moon was done in what, in the studio? Oh, it looks like John had that prepared. I am aware of it. Oh. <laughs> well, you're going you're gonna to still do it, John. You okay. can still do it. Sure. Uh, I guess he was on a podcast, yep. uh, which hardly excuses his stupidity. Uh, <laughs> thank you. But but he is. But he. Well, I'm speaking for all of us. Yes. Okay, good. Thanks. Uh, well, what a dummy! What, of course, it was real. What evidence is there that it wasn't real? Zero. Well, remember, this is the same league that had guys saying the Earth was flat yeah, a couple Kyrie. years ago. So. I still think he was having a laugh well, at that one. Maybe this is a maybe. league that had a guy named Marvin Barnes who told that it would be an hour time difference at the next city. Said I ain't getting on no, I ain't getting on no time machine. What is with this league? They're all nuts. Oh, They're see. nutty people. They're just nutty. I still love that quote. Yeah. I ain't getting. On I ain't no got no time, time machine. machine for me. Uh, what and now you got this? He's one of the uh, marquee players in the game. Yeah, Curry. Well, well, I don't know why why you would even waste the time. There were probably a lot of people in the Twitter world last night. I don't know because I don't believe in Twitter. Probably tweeting out that they didn't believe he scored thirty eight points. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a good tweet. Yeah, that would have been a very good tweet. Well, so you should sometimes. I guess mom do knows best. Yeah, but why why do that to yourself? Why, why put this stigma of, of stupidity on yourself? He's well-regarded. He's well-liked. Uh, Could it be a thing where he's trying to be funny or it was all caught up? And I don't know. I don't know. I ain't going to go listen to the podcast. I believe that Neil Armstrong <laughs> hopped on the moon. Not a problem. The story goes that NASA was desperate to make it to the moon, so they hired the famed director Stanley Kubrick to stage and film much of the Apollo 11 and 12 missions. There is no evidence for this. Uh, on the other side of the scale is a mountain of proof, including the fact that you can literally see astronauts' footprints on the surface of the moon. Uh, 
Curry is hardly the only person to question the moon landing. It's one of the most popular and enduring conspiracy theories in American popular culture. And relief shows belief in conspiracy theories is one way people attempt to make sense of a chaotic world. Hmm. I'm not using Curry as a source of anything extraterrestrial. (laughs) You think that, like the Pope, that he may not be infallible on things I other just than think basketball. That, I think that's above his pay grade, just as it would be above mine. Mine as well. Mm-hmm. Other than I do believe uh, that they went to the moon and made it. I think there's footsteps on the moon. I think that flag is still up there, the starched flag. There's probably a golf ball. Yep. Didn't they hit a golf ball? Yes. Yep. Or swing a golf club, maybe. Now, the the rover, that, that's— You know the other thing I, I like about thing. space— uh, much to do has been made because it costs billions and billions of dollars. And you got to get something out of it. Much, to, much has been made of, that we now have a vehicle on Mars that has captured the sound of Martian wind. Yeah, you know what it sounds like? What does it sound? Like? Wind. <laughs> Imagine that. Huh? That sounds just like Imagine wind. Imagine that. Not a bit of difference. Right. A Martian wind yep. is pretty damn much like an American <laughs> wind. <laughs> I still think if some nerd at NASA had a sense of humor. They would have put on that rover, you know, like a, a picture of somebody's eyes that yeah. would just yeah. show up partially on the can. They could move it out of there. From peeking around the just corner. Just for the hell of it. Yeah. Was, uh, what we found. There were about eight of those on Twitter with Marvin the Martian, the cartoon character, oh, yeah, with his head just sticking <laughs> across the. But I was thrilled to discover oh. that wind on Mars sounds like wind. wind. How does that, how can that be? Are we going to smell it in this wind? You no. can't smell it in this wind. <laughs> no, we're not going to smell no. it in this wind. Especially today with this little fog cover, you got a little of the old, uh, uh, almost a stockyard smell outside. Yeah, what is that? Uh, Just a smell, Matt. It's nothing for you to be concerned about. Why don't we take a break, and I'm going to tell you how lucky you are to be living in the year 2018. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores. Sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. Let me read you a quick email. Hi, Joe. I wish I could phone into your show right now. This was written yesterday. Uh, I also watched the 60 Minutes episode on the study regarding children and the use of iPads. I am a speech-language pathologist for 42 years, and as a profession, we are very concerned with cognitive and language development in childbirth, uh, in children, birth five to years, five to birth to five years old. We are finding that speech and language skills are declining due to lack of person-to-person interaction that is key to language development and cognitive development. Parents feel by having their children using educational apps is a good thing. B as in B. Plugging their kids into an iPad or phone is not fostering brain development. I was thrilled to hear you say how you were going to rethink how you spend your time with your two-and-a-half-year-old grandchild. You need to get a psychologist or speech-language pathologist pathologist on your show to explain so we had hi fran ring hi joe how are you should i call you doctor no i'm not a phd i have my master's degree but not a phd and you are in the anoka hennepin uh, uh, school district yes i am and you have been for quite some time i have been there for 34 years and uh, practicing speech pathologist for 42 and And i primarily work in the middle school and high school but we are uh uh, you know, the uh, birth to uh, death is our range of expertise. Is it a ray of hope that we have a member of the academy who uh, listens to Garage Logic? Oh, it's absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I am honored to be on. What, what, uh, what's going on? Uh, 
Yeah, what's going on? Well, um, people are, uh, feel that the iPad is a, a learning and an educational tool, and from our perspective as a profession, there are so many things that are learned face-to-face and through uh, a person-to-person, adult, human-to-being interactions that we have that you don't get from a, a screen on an iPad. Uh, there are fun activities and music and things like that. But when we look at development from age one and we look at you know kids needing to understand and follow simple directions, they don't get that from an iPad app, which parents might think is an educational app, which may or may not be the case. Uh, we're looking at emerging language using words from one and a half, ten to twenty words that they should have and using things that come up so innately in having a conversation and one-on-one interaction with someone else, being a parent or a peer or a sibling. And that emerges so much language development that we don't get on an iPad. So when you're in a situational setting and you're trying, you're at the zoo and a lot of things that they see visually and then you have the, the ability to ask and they answer questions and that's all part of the emerging language and putting words together and making sentences and developing their language which will also increase them cognitively and we're finding that more and more kids are not acquiring the language skills in the developmental process of, of, of on the spectrum that uh, they should be, and we're seeing a lot more kids that are receiving speech and language services in the school setting. Do you believe? Do you believe that the use of these devices is literally harmful to the to the physical brain? Yes, I, I think there's a balance, as there is in everything, and uh, but to have that be the sole just plugging an iPad or a phone in front of a child and think that is going to be the sole teacher of your child, just like putting them in front of the TV. I have a 29-year-old daughter. We were very careful about how much TV time she got and uh, and the one-on-one time with playmates and play dates and with, you know, daycare providers and the kids within that environment and in school. There's nothing that matches that. Eighty years ago, do you think the the American parent said this radio will be the death of us, and we shouldn't let kids listen to it? In other words, are we are we just uh, uh, moving along the spectrum here, and this is the latest technology that we're concerned about? I'd be concerned. I mean, I am uh, in my sixties, and I pretty much seen I'm the oldest of eight kids, and we. <laughs> We had to entertain ourselves, Mm -hmm. and they threw us out the back door and said, come back when it's dark, and uh, that's how we entertained ourselves, and we uh, never, I, I really believe that there's so much in the social interaction of being with people. So many kids are isolated with phones and iPads that they they are not interact. I think also the stress level you talked about yesterday, with kids having so much stress in their lives, they do not know how to have a balance between the phone and the iPads. What what is the stress in a kid's life? What, what do you mean the by that? Stresses are they are. Um, I don't know what the stresses. I mean, they just. I think peer pressure is phenomenal. There is a lot of uh, destructive things that people can do through tweeting 
and sending, you know, emails and texts and things like that, and uh, a lot of bullying online. So if I understand you correctly, what you're suggesting is the technology itself is the, is the root cause of the stress. I, I think it's the technology. Yeah. I do think. And, and people say, well, kids aren't getting enough sleep, and parents are not monitoring the amount of time. And then when they look at kids and wonder why, uh, you know, that their child is suicidal or they're a loner or they're not coming out of their rooms and they're playing, uh, you know, uh, on electronics for uh, a majority of their time. And then we in the school setting get chastised because, you know, they get too much homework or they're, they don't have enough time for homework because they're too busy doing other things that are not directed toward Apparently, that. I was under the mistaken impression that so long as the content was charming or suitable for the age of the child, it wasn't a problem. But what I'm beginning to understand is that's wrong. It's the actual, just that constant presence of the device that's the problem. I think that's the con. Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. There is a wonderful advantage to the iPads. As a speech pathologist, we use the iPad as a communication device where there are apps that can be uh, loaded on the device that have a communication system for our nonverbal students. Mm -hmm. And we find a tremendous value of that in our profession. And the iPad is a wonderful invention. And, but for uh, just like the pho- the cell phone, the, in- the beginning of the cell phone, that was a wonderful thing to have. And then look what's happened over the, t- you know, with the use of the iPhone, uh, and the cell phone and the preoccupation with it. If you had small children today, what would you be doing? Um, well, uh, with mine, my, my child didn't get her cell phone until she was uh, going into senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, I think I would try and hold off, you know, as long as possible that I could do that. I would limit uh, her screen time. The phone would have to be checked in with me at the end of the night and not that she would keep it all night and be up all night on the phone or on the electronics rather than getting the sleep she needed or the studies that she needed to required to complete. And uh, um, just, yeah, I, it's it's a wonderful tool, but I think it's it's... Uh, we're looking at the at the front end of it, and it's not just necessarily us as adults and and what's happened to social media and the and the creation of the cell phone. But we're looking at it from a professional that we're really seeing kids are not have the language ac- acquisition that they need for uh, being able to handle uh, increasing cognitive skills and for being able to handle learning school curriculum and the, the uh, skill set that's required for that. What is, the, what is the policy in your school district? Uh, do, do the kids get to have their phones with them all day long? Um, it depends if you're in uh, – I am, uh, only speak with the high school. Uh, I know middle schools uh, haven't been there in, mm-hmm. for a couple of years. They could use it before and after school. Um, I don't know what the policy on that is now, but in the high schools, our kids have them all the time. Well, I, I think that's ridiculous. It I is think ridiculous. That, I think they ought to put them in a big duffel bag at the beginning of school and right. they fetch them out of there at the end of right. school. Right. We have some teachers who have them check them in in a uh, 
like in a box in the in the front of the room, and then they get them with, once the bell rings, and then they exit the classroom. And then some teachers don't want to fight the battle with the phones, and uh, they do their best, but it's really hard to monitor when you have 30 and 40 kids in a room, and they're pretty sneaky about getting phones out of their pockets or however they do it. And uh, I am not a classroom teacher, but I do not envy that battle at no. all. Uh, what do you think the future holds? For education? Well, for, for the use of these devices and the impact it will have on these young people. Um, you fear that, I take it. I do fear it. I do fear it, yes. I, uh, I, my daughter did not attend a, um, a public high school, and uh, she you know, attended a Catholic high school near where I live, which happens to also be in your neighborhood, mm-hmm. and uh, they do not allow the cell phones. They have a very strict policy, and I, I really uh, uh, commend them for trying to enforce that. Oh, I just missed it because the kids I used to have uh, all got out of high school before the cell phone yeah. was prevalent. Right. And, and I'm my, grateful for that. I am very grateful for it that yeah. I don't have to fight that battle now, and I don't have grandchildren, and at some point <laughs> that may be a battle I'll have to, mm-hmm. uh, to, to fight also. But, you know, I can understand cell phones and iPads for movies and things when you're on a trip, and, uh, but if you're going to just plug them in that without uh, adult supervision and to talk about what they're on the screen, that can elicit an awful lot of positive language development. Mm-hmm. But but to think that that's the end all for everything, it's it's really not, and uh, it's it's it will keep us in business. Unfortunately, you know our caseloads will go up because right. we have kids who are more and more lacking the skills, and uh, parents get more and more busy, and that becomes. You know, we were always afraid that the TV was going to become a babysitter. Right. We didn't want that too, and that's what the cell phone is. Well, it was called the boob tube. You yes. and I are old enough to remember it was called the boob tube, yes. meaning if you watch enough TV, you're just going to turn into a boob. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But I enjoyed your show yesterday so much and was like, oh, I wish it had been not a podcast, but yeah. I could have called in directly. I could have just jumped right through the computer screen. Well, so, thanks for speaking with us today. You're welcome, and uh, enjoy your shows, and thank you very, very much for having me. All right, thank you. Take Fra- care. Uh, Fran Ring, speech pathologist in Anoka-Hennepin uh, County School District. We're going to come back with our old uh, newsman, Johnny. Uh, Perfect. Johnny, Johnny Heights Ready. Guitar With Heights. an armful of news. Mate, schmate. Here's Joe Suchere. Here's John Hyde. Thank you, Joe. The Vikings this morning, Tuesday morning, have relieved offensive coordinator John DiFilippo of his duties. Uh, this all comes after that loss to Seattle on Monday night where the Vikings offense was... Pathetic. Non-existent. Pathetic. Not very good. Yeah. Non-existent. The tweet from the Vikings said, quarterbacks coach Kevin Stefanski has been named interim offensive coordinator. He'll handle the play-calling duties. Filippo, you might remember, joined the team prior to the season after spending two years as the quarterbacks coach for the Philadelphia Eagles, helping lead the Eagles to a Super Bowl win uh, last year. Before uh, the last couple weeks, he actually had been named, uh, a lot of folks were saying, uh, he could be one of the next big coach hires, head coach hires uh-huh. in the NFL. I don't know if that's going to happen at, at this point now. In news, a Northfield man accused of going on a drug-crazed rampage during an annual peace gathering 
in Superior National Forest has been committed to a treatment center. Uh, we had this story when it first happened. The Minneapolis Star Tribune reports 21-year-old Spencer Fredrickson allegedly raped a woman, bit off part of a man's finger, and attacked a sheriff's deputy at the late August Rainbow Gathering. Authorities say other attendees used duct tape to restrain him before officers got there. Cook County Judge Michael Cuzo has ordered criminal proceedings against Fredrickson suspended until he regains competency to stand trial. Judge's order included a doctor's finding that Fredrickson suffers from cannabis use disorder and other psychotic problems. Metropolitan Council Transportation Committee has approved to spend more than $1 million to buy bus barriers. According to Metro Transit officials, up to 450 barriers could be purchased. They will help protect bus drivers from assaults. Ryan Timlin, the transit union president, said it doesn't solve safety issues, but he calls it a good start. The full Metropolitan Council votes on the issue on Wednesday. Say, Johnny. Yes. Given the uh, given your affection for the vintage clothing, yeah. you should uh, check out this shop in White Bear called the Minnesotan. I was there Sunday. It's a very unique to the marketplace. You get the retro high school caps and jerseys, plus their uh, their own branded their own branded jerseys called the Minnesotan. It's a it's an extraordinary place. Uh, it's it, it's unique. There are thousands of items celebrating what it means to be Minnesotan. But get this: purchase online. They've got a great offer. If you enter the promotional code Garage Logic, you get free shipping. This is on Fourth and Banning in downtown White Bear. You I know where that is. You can't you can't miss it. It's apparel products and designs celebrating the essence and journey that we have taken as Minnesotans. I was in Sunday. I got a Matamita I had, a Hill High School had, an Aldrich Arena jersey, and uh, I think they've only scratched the surface on the wonderful products Way they'll to continue, they'll continue to offer. You it's, just announced uh, all your presents. And they, I know, they ship worldwide daily. So, you know, David Bliss in Bulgaria can go online to the Minnesotan, minnesotan.com, and uh, buy something, and they'll pick up the shipping. I just showed Johnny your photo at the store. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Looking good, Billy Ray. I'm sure he's amused. I got new mittens. I got new choppers. <laughs> amused. President Trump threatening Tuesday to have the military build the remaining sections of a U.S.-Mexico border wall, appearing to revive a call to use Pentagon money to finish up the project as he braced for a tense meeting with congressional Democratic leaders who were opposed to the funding request. The president said people do not yet realize how much of the wall, including really effective renovation, has already been built. If the Democrats do not give us the votes to secure our country, the military will build the remaining sections of the wall. They know how important it is. Uh, Trump bowed that in a series of tweets meant to set the stage for the White House meeting. For their part, House Democratic Leader Nancy Pelosi and Senate Democratic Leader Chuck Schumer put out a joint statement Monday arguing uh, the president and his party will own the shutdown if they can't strike a deal. 44 former senators writing an op-ed in the Washington Post warning the current Senate that, quote, we are entering a dangerous period, and we feel an obligation to speak up about serious challenges to the rule of law, the Constitution, our governing institutions, and our national security. Specifically, the bipartisan group of former senators, led by former Senators Chris Dodd, a Connecticut Democrat, and Chuck Hagel, a Nebraska Republican, pointed out that Special Counsel Robert Mueller's Russia probe uh, is on the eve of conclusion and must be let to continue. The op-ed signed by 32 Democrats, 10 Republicans, and two independents. A man and a woman arrested in Ohio for plotting massacres. They weren't working together, and the plans appear to be unrelated to authorities, although uh, both have been charged in recent days. The strange confluence for Northwest Ohio, federal prosecutors announced the arrests of 23-year-old Elizabeth Lacron of Toledo and 21-year-old Damon Joseph of Holland, Ohio. 
both accused of parallel but unconnected plans to unleash violence in the Toledo area. They didn't know each other or were not connected that's correct. at all? Not wow, connected that's correct. Not connected at all. Bizarre. They, they both have a beef with Toledo? Uh, not Toledo, with uh, the U.S., basically. Oh, the United you'll, States. You'll see it in a minute here. I yeah. see. How did you and Mommy meet, Dad? Well, we both had conflicting <laughs> plans to tear <laughs> apart Ohio. <laughs> Ms. LeCron wanted to commit mass murder at a Toledo bar, according to the FBI, frequently posted material on social media that glorified the Columbine school killers and Charleston, South Carolina church shooter Dylan Roof. In an affidavit in Mr. Joseph's case, it states he told undercover agents he was a supporter of ISIS, and he discussed plans to attack area synagogues and kill a rabbi. He ultimately collected two assault-style rifles from agents before he was arrested. Joseph told the undercover agents he was inspired by the recent shootings at a synagogue in Pittsburgh. Criminal complaint against Ms. LeCron outlines a pattern of bizarre online behavior that led to her arrest. She frequently posted pictures and memes to social media of mass murders, including Roof, who was awaiting the death penalty for murdering nine people during a 2015 shooting that targeted black congregants at a Charleston church. Star Tribune movie critic Colin Covert has resigned after the paper found he had written some film reviews using the same unique language of writers for other publications without attributing it to them. Oh, you, you mean stealing other people's work. Yes, that's exactly correct. Yes, Can't yeah. do that? No. Plagiary. Ah. Covert was a staff writer at the Star Tribune. Okay, in radio, but not, and not in the newspaper, right? <laughs> he was a staff writer no, at the no, Star no. Tribune for more than <laughs> to 30 To some stations years. it is. Right. <laughs> the matter came to editors' attention, they said, in a recent email from a reader that said that Covert, in his 2009 review of the movie Nine, had used a unique phrase from the late New Yorker film critic Pauline Kael. Editors confirmed the phrase, self-glorifying masochistic mush, was used by Kael in 1974 and then by Covert in his review of the movie Nine. Who would have caught that? I had to study <clears throat> Pauline Kael uh-huh. as part of my journalism program. Yeah. Father Whalen? Well, the, the great Father Whalen was terribly enamored with Pauline Kael. Hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of instructors were mm-hmm. because I were about the same age, and I had an instructor had to do the same thing in college. Pauline mm-hmm. Kale. After additional, so res- when I would do a movie review for school, I would just copy Pauline Kale. Right, it's mush, so, mush. I say <laughs> mush. Masochistic mush. Masochistic mush. <laughs> That's a great line. <laughs> After additional research, editors identified other phrases in Covert's nine review that are identical to phrases in other reviews written by Kale, including archaic big musical circus, comic strip craziness. And Stardust is slightly irritating. The reviews by Covert and Question span many years. I uh, I worked with Colin uh, down the hall at the sister ah. station, My Talk 107.1, uh-huh. uh, back when their morning show producer was a complete jerk. And if you are, please, you're, you're of course, defending him highly. And no, 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 no. I mean, I got along never... with him fine, oh. but I'm wondering if if one reader caught this in a series of just one review. I mean, he had to have been doing it. Yeah, they used, there were, in the longer story, there are more examples that he had been doing it for a wow. decade at least. Well, because he's been there forever. Well, he didn't put years. up a yeah. fight. He graciously resigned. Yeah, he resigned immediately and yeah. apologized. So, hmm. was... Time Magazine named four journalists and a newspaper on Tuesday as its 2018 Person of the Year for standing up for the truth in the face of persecution and violence. The group Time is calling The Guardians includes slain Saudi journalist Jamal Khashoggi, the Capital Gazette in Annapolis, Maryland, where five people were shot and killed at the newspaper's offices, a Fili- uh, Philippine journalist Maria Ressa, who has been arrested, and Reuters journalists Wa Lone and Kyaso Wu, who have been detained in Myanmar for nearly a year. 
Times said they are representative of a broader fight by countless others around the world. As of December 10th, at least 52 journalists have been murdered in 2018, who risk all to tell the story of our time, according to Editor-in-Chief Edward Felsenthal. Times selected them, in their words, for taking great risks in pursuit of greater truths. Florida officials say thousands of mailed ballots were not counted because they were delivered too late to state election offices. Uh-oh. Florida can't get this right. Kids. Well, no, they pathetic. just can't. It just, it's pathetic. They should utilize uh, early voting then. No institution tr- in my lifetime has been more <laughs> corrupted than voting. Three statewide Florida races, including the contest for governor, went to state-mandated recounts because margins were so close. The Department of State late last week informed a federal judge that 6,670 ballots were mailed ahead of the November 6th election, but were not counted because they weren't received by Election Day. The tally prepared by state officials includes totals from 65 of Florida's 67 counties. The two counties yet to report their totals are Palm Beach, a Democratic stronghold in South Florida, and Polk in Central Florida. In the battle for Ag Commissioner, Democrat Nikki Freed won her election by about 6,700 votes. Republican Governor Rick Scott ousted incumbent Democrat U.S. Senator Bill Nelson by slightly more than 10,000 votes. Under Florida law, ballots mailed inside the U.S. have to reach election offices by 7 p.m. election day. Overseas ballots are counted if they're received up to 10 days after the election. A group called Vote Vets Action Fund, along with two Democratic organizations, filed a lawsuit a few days after the 2017 election that argued ballots should count if they were mailed before election day. But U.S. District Judge Mark Walker said the restriction was reasonable and Florida election officials have a right to establish deadlines to actually receive the ballots. It's going to be the ruination of us. Everything that wasn't broken got fixed. Mm. Uh, As you talked about Joe Golden State Warriors guard, Steph Curry, (laughs) won't be living down comments he made on a recent podcast indicating... Why would he do this to himself? He He has a world by the tail. He thinks the first mood landing was fake. Mm-hmm. Curry made those comments just recently, received a ton of flack for his stance, both against science and common sense. Uh, added now to the list of uh, folks who were trolling him a little bit on Twitter, uh, astronaut Scott Kelly. Mm-hmm. Kelly tweeting, Steph, so much respect for you, but Ari, the moon landing thing, let's talk. DM me. Up until, so much respect for you, up until now. DM me? DM me, so direct message me. I uh, see. I don't know that lingo. Oh, yeah, that's some lingo there. Yeah. You want to DM me? No. Fifty-four-year-old <laughs> Kelly. Uh, he knows a thing or two about the space thing, of course. Following his last flight, Kelly had spent an American record 520 days in space. He commanded the International Space Station on three separate tours prior to announcing his retirement from NASA back in 2016. Let's break this down. You, no, you don't have to. You, it's the NBA. They're all nuts. Well, my, my point being, how much is this really going to affect him? Not at all, Not but at all. I... Because you it, said it, it's it colors It colors my perception of him. Well, of course. Because I'm always looking for some NBA guys to admire, and he was among them, and now I think he's just as goofy as the rest of but them. But he's still a good basketball player well, who's going to walk away with, with basketball. billions of dollars. Yeah. He's a nutcase. Yeah, he's he's not very smart. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna hope he was kidding until I think until so. I, hear too. I think he's having a laugh. I'm gonna hope that, but he's probably. having a laugh. He's having a, a laugh. He's having a laugh. Two hundred and five million dollar contract he signed. Two hundred. Oof. From the Wall Street Journal, Venezuela, by some measures, home to the world's largest crude reserves, saw their oil output drop in September to a four-decade low of 1.17 million barrels. Uh, that month, September. 
They were North pa- Dakota beat them. Yep. They were yep. passed by North Dakota. Yep. North Dakota producing a record of nearly 1.3 million barrels. Uh, fracking technology accounts for North Dakota's ascent, but so does bad policy. You go back to 2000, Hugo Chavez's first full year in power, Venezuela pumped nearly 3.2 million barrels per day, or about 33 times what North Dakota did. Then the journal, uh, well, they took a shot at my home state, saying at least Venezuela still has better weather. North Dakota recorded the coldest. No, there are gaunt, uh, starving, ill children wandering the streets of Caracas, uh-huh. and uh, it's, man, it's, man. it's not a real good glimpse at socialism. No. Doesn't work a bit. Thank you, Johnny. You bet. All right. What you got? Equipment failure in there? No, not at all. We're uh, it's very little stressful. alerted to this by emailer uh, Brian Collins. He linked me to a story uh, about the unluckiest year in the world, or the worst, yeah, the unluckiest year in the history of the world. And it doesn't involve minivans, SUVs, and baby, it's cold outside. Generally speaking, people living in 2018 are fortunate when you compare modern times to the full scale of human history. Life expectancy hovers in the mid-70s, and diseases like smallpox and diphtheria, which were widespread and deadly only a century ago, are preventable, curable, or altogether eradicated. But go back to a time when humans were not 7.7 billion strong, and a global catastrophe was about to warp Earth's climate and decimate its population. It was a period so grim that scientists are calling the year it started the worst year to be alive. We're not talking about 1349, when the Black Death killed more than half of Europe's population. We're not talking about 1918, when an influenza outbreak wiped out tens of millions. The unluckiest year to be alive, according to Science Magazine. What was it? A.D. 536. Uh Uh-oh, what happened? Uh... The year was during a period of medieval, this year was during a period medieval historians called the Dark Ages, and it was in 536 that the name took on a literal meaning. An enormous volcanic eruption in Iceland launched massive amounts of ash into the sky. The ash would create a mysterious fog blocking out the sun over several continents, and this fog would last for 18 months. Wow. And it wasn't just the dark skies that made the eruption so catastrophic. Because of the obscured sunlight, temperatures plummeted. China experienced below freezing weather in midsummer. Crops failed throughout Asia, Europe, and the Middle East. People starved to death on a massive scale, and the medieval world still couldn't catch a break. In 541, the bubonic plague reared its ugly head for the first time, long before his better-known outbreak in the 12th century. Historians call this outbreak the Plague of Justinian, and it wiped out an estimated 33 to 50 percent of the Eastern Roman Empire. Modern scientists and historians have long known about this sudden bout of darkness, but the exact cause remained a mystery until recently. A Cambridge University study published in November, just a month ago, theorized that a volcanic eruption triggered the widespread darkness. That knowledge allowed the authors of the study to come to a definitive conclusion. The year 536 was as bad as it gets. 
It was the beginning of one of the worst periods to be alive, if not the worst year, Michael McCormick, a Harvard University historian who co-authored the study, told Science. You may not be able to choose what year you're born, but you can make your own luck by avoiding these household items that could bring bad luck. I, I don't have what those are. Black cats and ladders and spilled salt shakers and, and what have you. Uh, so we have it pretty good compared to back then. But speaking of volcanic eruptions, I have a Yellowstone update. Uh-oh, is she blowing? Is she blowing? Are we done? Uh, just a minute. The bubonic plague, uh, looking that up, that really is, uh, that's a bad one. Not a good one, is it? Spread by fleas. There you go. <laughs> Yeah. I want that one. No, that bubonic not, plague. That's I don't even want one. minor bubonic plague. No. Yellowstone. The, scheme, the steamboat geyser in Yellowstone National Park broke decades-old records when it erupted for the 30th time in 2018, just this past Saturday. Yellowstone National Park reports Saturday's eruption surpasses the all-time record for the number of documented eruptions in a calendar year, which was 29 in 1964. Uh, it has been nine days, four hours, and 30 minutes since it last erupted. This was the longest interval between eruptions since August. Since then, the geyser had been following a semi-regular pattern of erupting about every five to seven days. The heightened activity is uncommon but not unprecedented. There has been similar activity twice previously, once in the early 60s and again in the early 80s. Conversely, the world's tallest active geyser has also exhibited years of quiescence or no major eruptions with the longest being the 50-year period between 1911 and 1961 said jeff hungerford yellowstone's park geologist we'll continue to monitor this extraordinary geyser isn't that something and we're just completely at its mercy oh well that has nothing to do with the volcano but mother mother is sending signals yeah. something's going on deep in mother's swimsuit area mm-hmm there is something going on that we don't know anything about. And, uh, boy, if that super volcano went in Yellowstone, you'd have another uh, nuclear winter. You'd have the sun blocked out, and we'd all be in a pickle. You know, uh, when the, you talked about when the, the big one went off in, what is it, 530 or whatever it was. Yeah, 536, Matt. I never thought about that. The, the ash that would be in the air, yep. that would be chilling out the entire world. That's right. That would... Uh, that would kind of ruin your trip to Marco Island, huh? That that really would. Right. It? Yeah. Be like walking on ash. I don't know how your brain works sometimes, but uh, <laughs> that's fine for me to know. I figured you'd want a contribution from someone here, so I just figured I'd. See, I, I want to remind you about a great event at RF Moeller Jeweler Stores. Uh, it, time's running out, people. Uh, Christmas is around the corner. Holidays are around the corner, and uh, nothing beats a surprise from RF Moeller Jeweler, where they do the great. Gift wrapping, too. Uh, there's going to be an expanded selection of colored gemstone jewelry beginning this Friday through Sunday. Sapphires, rubies, emeralds, and even some gemstones you likely haven't heard of before. And all of these, uh, all of this uh, colored gemstone jewelry is 15 to 25% off these days. Uh, find, uh, find these three great stores in Edina at 50th in France, St. Paul at Ford in Cleveland, downtown Minneapolis in Gabaday Common. We're talking a family business 67 years strong here, and uh, they, this is the place that will serve you right for Christmas time. Find them also online at rfmoller.com.
All right, check us out at garagelogic.com. We're going to have GB Layton take us out. You're one click away from more Garage Logic. Go to garagelogic.com. I have an email segment coming up and uh, a little scolding to you two from the uh, chief offsite correspondent and more of the John Hyde newscast. Is that promise I made?